0: Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experience. I am Megan Daum, the aging Gen X author, (laughs) and with me is Sarah Hader, the millennial. You're not self-hating. Yeah, you guys don't know self-hating. what self-hating. We for. gotta get rid of that. Lots we of gotta, stuff. We gotta coming. do something. Yeah, new. I think people thought yeah. that you were self-hating, like personally, but you just hate your your generational
1: cohort. So we're gonna get rid of that. Make right. it more clear. And I'm not ageist. Actually, so that's also not
0: accurate. Or something that we need to clear up the whole thing. I'm gonna be a transhumanist. It's true. I think. Yeah. Uh, Trans ageist. <laughs> um, all, right. well, yeah. uh, all right. Well, we're gonna. This is a sp- very special episode with guests. We're kicking off our new season with uh, some pretty remarkable guests,
1: Saira Rao and Regina Jackson. Yes. And some of you might know who these ladies are. Um, um, Saira has a very interesting presence on Twitter and she, you know, frequently shows up on my timeline as um, an object of fascination, um, alarm, perhaps outrage. Um, And so some of you might be aware of who who she who she is. But um, if they are if they don't know who these these ladies are, Megan, they should. um, um, What should they know? The audience should know that Syrah
0: ran for Congress, actually, in her district in Colorado uh, that's where she met Regina. Um, it was not a successful campaign, but it elevated her profile. She met Regina, and they started doing anti-racism work, and they formed this enterprise called Race to Dinner, where they go to the homes of white women uh, and they uh, have dinner parties and they educate
1: the white women about racism. Yes, and they have a new book out as well, and um, yeah. and and a movie. That sort of accompanies this book.
0: Yeah, the book is called. Um, it's about, the book is uh, called White Women. You know, white Women Tears. And uh, there's a documentary yeah, called Deconstructing Karen, and we talk all about it. Yeah, and
1: you should look up the oh, the, the cover of okay. the book because it has a little the tear it itself white is tear white
0: because white people only very, cry um, white. Do you yeah, cry does. brown tears? It's very
1: literal. <laughs> the tear itself is white. Yeah, I do. I, I you need to educate um, me. You didn't know I'm that.
0: not in your body. Okay? How racist of you. I'm not, a white-bodied person, and I can't. Yeah, I don't have the
1: lived experience of being in your body. Yeah. So, um, as it'll become clear, um, as you guys are watching this and/or listening to this, um, that uh, they didn't look us up, um, <laughs> prior to accepting the invitation, and at some point in the oh, middle, yeah, which entirely my fault, entirely my hundred percent.
0: Uh, throughout. Yes, there were a in, lot of white women in this one way. I think we can recording because Blame of Megan. my technical um, meltdown. Right.
1: Throughout the interview, we had to like pause for like brief periods um, to get uh, the audio and video and stuff working again. And I think at some point yeah. in the middle, they looked us up or at least looked me up. You can sort of see, we. I, I watched them. I don't know if you guys will be able to see this, but I watched them like on their phone, like looking down and like clearly looking us up or looking me up. And then, you know, recognizing uh, who they're actually talking to. Um, and and that's when I I think, I think that's she when you said uh, you were Sarah like, like
0: a Nazi Nazi
1: or that a Madonna that a Nazi song, or like a Nazi or something like a
0: Nazi.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I I don't remember exactly what exactly how, how she phrased that. But it was um it was uh, it was wonderful and yeah. i actually think i i actually give them a lot of credit for staying on and you know not like just walking away immediately but like really um is you know standing up and 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 fighting for what they believe in, which is, you know, um, odd, according to me, um, and wrong. I thought they were very personable. Literally, I thought they were very, uh, very nice but, and personable. But and, <laughs> they were there. Um,
0: I, I, under were in another personable. context, I think we w- all would have gotten along mm-hmm.
1: great. If we had not yeah. talked about race at all, and we just had talked about literally dinner, which is how it started. Um, they I think they would have yeah. been great. Um, like interesting, um, nice women. <laughs> I enjoy the conversation. I enjoyed it even more. Yeah. A little hostile. And then uh, I still enjoyed yeah. it, but in a different way. <laughs> a different part of me enjoyed it. I enjoyed, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it was good. I think um, you guys will like it. Um, and it kind of ends a little abruptly because Syra has to leave. Um, so you'll note that, too. But I think you'll yeah. enjoy what goes on and uh, watching the the sparks fly.
0: And just to be clear, two things. The, the title of the book is White Women, Everything You Already Know About Your Own Racism and How to Do Better. Uh, and uh, I just want to say, we don't. Even though the um, the interview has these technical problems and gets cut off here and there, the substance of the conversation is completely intact. There was nothing that got edited out that changed the meaning of anything anybody was saying or
1: anything like that. Uh, and I think you guys will you guys will agree that it was an interesting conversation. So yeah, we give you Syra Rao and Regina Jackson. Just remember,
2: there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other.
1: So I wanted to ask whether anyone finishes their dinner, because it just seems to me, I guess you have two hours to do it. So that's a long time. It is. Yeah. You know, and you get through it. And the hosts set up the dinner, the hosts, um, get everything together and you don't have to get, you know, so how do you get the word out for these dinners? Like, is, is this well, work
2: done by the host? We're, we're on social media. So we have all kinds of, you know, sites, we have a website, racetodinner.com, where people can sign up. And then we have our white woman who coordinates the dinners with the hosts, our resident white woman. So the host will find the people to come to her dinner. And if our resident white woman has people's names in the area that want to attend the dinner, she will share that with the host. So the host can reach out to them and include them if they want to be included. So, you know, we keep lists of people in different locations so that if we need to come up with a person, we can.
3: And um, pretty excitingly um, since our book and movie came out, um, what came out on November first? Movie came out on Thanksgiving Day, American Thanksgiving Day. We're doing four set dinners a year now, and they've all sold out already. So I think for 2023, we have one in Austin, Texas, somewhere one somewhere in Florida, one in L.A., and one in Denver. Um, so that's our. It's already like taken care of, and I think all of those have already been filled. Wow! And how big are they? What's the max headcount? Wow, that's that. Uh, we that's do
2: a good. maximum. I'm sorry, we do a maximum of eight women at the dinner and then myself and syra a total of 10 people. What we found, we've tried to do a couple with a little more people and it gets to, you know, where, where you can't really handle it. So we keep it right. small and intimate.
1: So why did... <laughs> so, it's, so intimate is an interesting
0: well, it word. Is intimate. <laughs> it would be hard if it was like a big, huge... Yeah, that would get... I would think that that would be hard to manage. But why did you start... That happened yeah. once have you had big groups before? That happened yeah. once by accident.
3: Yeah, I once. mean that happened once by accident. And in fact, it's funny, the one who um accidentally did that is Lisa Bond, our resident white woman. Um, that's how we met Lisa actually. She hosted a dinner in Chicago a couple of years ago and ended up being like, I don't know, 15, 20 people, and it was just too much. Too not yeah, no, I mean the whole the the whole premise of this, it works because um everybody's gotta talk. And trust us when we say once they start talking, they don't want to stop talking because um, they've never had this conversation before. So they've got many decades of, of stuff pent up that they want to talk about. And so uh, we could probably even go smaller and get through the two hours really you know, easily and yeah. quickly.
1: Okay. And what's the like, goal at the end of a dinner? Like, What are you hoping to – when do you know that this dinner has been successful and what's an indication that it hasn't been successful?
2: Well, I think there's a couple of things that happen, um, and Syra and I have different goals. My goal is to have white people, okay, open their mouths when they see people of color being harmed, denigrated, you know, dismissed. Uh, open your mouth, okay, and say something. Quit pretending like you don't see it, that racism doesn't exist That everything's okay. That's my hope. And generally we will have, you know, anywhere from one to two, sometimes more, women who leave the dinner and continue the work by joining our online network and by taking, we have an eight-week course that's taught by Lisa Bonn, our resident white woman, in just whiteness. You know, and the people who want to do the work, they will sign up for that course and continue well, you the know,
3: work. it's it's actually now twelve months, Regina. We she just changed it to wow. the, the new cohorts are like a full year. Um, no, I would say our, our goals, you know, are very specific. I would say my like goal for white people in general, not at the dinners, is to start racializing yourselves, like start calling yourselves white people, start calling other white people white people. You call us brown, black, Asian, Latina, but if you if you have trouble with the term white people, it means that you haven't put yourself on the racial structure and you haven't put yourself in where you land on the racial structure and you can't really start the work. So I would say that's like sort of my, my general life, uh, goal, but for these dinners, it's a start. I mean, this is like, this is step one, you know, nothing, it's not like things are transformed in a course of two hours. Uh, but what Regina said is exciting is there's definitely at least one or two per dinner that absolutely leaves. And we have enough years under the belt now. We've seen um, stick with it, get other people to do dinners, get other people to uh, join the community and, can, and you know, actually start decolonizing themselves.
1: So isn't that, I mean, a bad thing that somebody is racializing themselves? Isn't the goal to deracialize everyone?
3: No. That's, Why not? That's what we're talking about as a colorblind society. I and mean, what's not, wrong with that? It's, it's not true because it's, it's erasing... Um, It's erasing the reality of of, it's like saying that you're not going to point out that women exist and women are inferior, you know, socially, society, society wise to men. And so if we if we're in we are in a racialized society, we are in a racialized society we are not post-race. So as as long as we exist in a racialized society, we have to be able to racialize the people who are at the top. We do, I mean, they have to racialize themselves. Everyone else has been racialized in the society.
1: It seems to me that that, I mean, that adds into the problem, right? Like long-term, if you're racializing yourself, you're you're otherizing yourself, um, that goes against the, you know, the entire enterprise of of equality, which is ultimately we, we start to see what we have in common and not what we have that's different.
2: Sarah, they're saying that I think it's by the year uh, 2050 that everybody will look like you. Uh, thank okay. God. And you won't be able to tell who's what. <laughs> and what Zyra always says is, well, but then we'll come up with something different. Okay. Well, South
3: Africa, South Africa, right? Like you still have a, a white minority ruling. Um, uh, black majority and a black and brown majority, sure, Sarah. Of course, in an ideal world, everyone's equal, nobody would argue that that's not the case. So, if everybody is being racialized except for white people, that's a problem. So, that's th- that's the, the problem is the people who are actually who've created the constructs of race who benefit from these constructs of race have taken themselves out of the structure as if they're just the default people. And all we are saying is everybody has to acknowledge. Uh, you know, the power structure in order to be able to well, dismantle it's interesting the power structure.
0: The way you talk about it, because one group that does identify themselves as white all the time are white nationalists, right? Like white racists love to
2: go around <laughs> talking about white people, this and that. So how do you square that? Well, they're not talking about white people in the way we not. talk about white people, okay? They're still talking about white people as the superior race, you know, smarter, faster, stronger, bigger, all of that. And what we're saying is, you know, white people just need to own up, number one, to the creation of white supremacy, number two, to dismantling white supremacy, and number three, to identifying themselves as white. And I think the the word cyber use is the default. OK, you will hear people talk about, oh, my Asian gardener or my um, Mexican cook or whatever. But you never hear white people talk about, well, my w- my son's white friend. And that's all we're saying is if we're going to live in a racialized society, let's racialize everybody and not have a default.
1: So I'm curious. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. OK, well, so, so let me push back on that just a little bit, though, because because it's um, I. I hear what you're saying, and obviously that that's, it's true that white people are the default, like the norm. But is that so much a product of some kind of, you know, deep seated ideology and not just majority minority, like dynamics that happen everywhere, right? I mean, if I grow up in India and I, you know, I, I know only other Indian people. Then when I do have a friend who's Nepali or, you know, who's from Bangladesh, I would say my Nepali friend, my Bangladeshi friend. And that's not, it's not a product of me being racist or thinking myself, you know, as superior to anyone else. But it's just that that's literally the norm in the society that I'm in. And today, you know, maybe it won't be the case 50 years from now, but today, there's still a majority in this country. And is that, I mean, so I feel like there's a lot of nefariousness that's read into what are normal, normal human, you know, majority-minority dynamics everywhere. And in, in fact, they're worse in other parts of the country, like in other parts of the world. Like India is a place where it's worse. Pakistan is a place where it's worse. That's where I'm familiar with. I'm Pakistan and, and my family's and from India. And the reason
2: it's worse is because of colonization, okay? So white people went to those countries did they not they colonized them and then white became superior that that's the reason why those countries are like that
1: i don't i don't agree with that i don't think that's the case i think it's always been i mean there's been different permutations of hatred and they've been focused on different things so sometimes there's a more extreme focus on race and then than other times but there's always been a Outgroup, and it's usually been focused on you're a different ethnicity, you're a different, you know, uh, tribe than I am. You have a different language, a different religion. Um, Now we're seeing a more modern permutation of that that's focused on racism, but it's always existed, and definitely in the, I mean, the South Asian subcontinent has its own like whole history of problems, but. A lot of them existed way, you know, prior to colonization by by the British, and then it 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 existed uh, when you know the Muslims came over and they set up their own hierarchy of of Muslims at the top and 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 everybody else and and society reorganized around that. So I just feel like there's um a human problem of tribalism, a human yes. problem of in group out group. I mean, and one can even argue that it's never going to go away. We're just going to find a different outgroup group um, and a different in group as, you know, we expand as a society. Maybe tomorrow won't be race, but maybe, Sarah, you're right that it's something else. But so, so I guess my, my, my discomfort with this framing of it is that it places it as if this is some ultimate, some unique kind of hatred and it's worse than all the other hatreds and it's, you know,
3: it, it's you're, the you're, uber. You're, you're, you're saying that. I mean, that those are words that you're saying. No, and by the way, I just got back from India five days ago, and I can go on and on about India and South Asia, all of it, but I'm not, that's not why I'm here. Um, white suprema, I'm just speaking to white supremacy in America. Yes, white supremacy is the foundational, it is foundational in the US. I mean, the history of America is white people came here, white people con- committed genocide against indigenous people, stolen land, white people kidnapped. And enslaved African people, stolen labor. And it's been a rinse and repeat cycle of racism and xenophobia ever since Chinese Exclusion Act, Operation Web Act, Department of Homeland Security, Muslim bans. So yes. Here and now, we're this. That's why we, we thought we were coming here is to talk about here and now, not the mogul empire in in South Asia. Sure. Like, but,
1: but but if you're just talking about the American history, you just said this country was founded on white supremacy. So, but if that's the case, then every country in the world is founded on one supremacy or the other, right? Is yeah, that what you're no, that, no, you, that you agree no, with that?
3: We would never argue. Of course, there's been the oppression has oppression. Has, but has, Sarah, let me say, say something that, that I
2: think you really need to internalize. Eighty-something percent of the people in the world are people of color, people that look like you and me and Syra, while the people who lead the world look like Megan. That's white supremacy. That right there is white supremacy.
0: Do you want to respond to that, Sarah, or I have a I have a question? I mean, oh, I, have, I, I don't yeah, want to, yeah, I don't want to take over the conversation about this because <laughs> yeah. I can't.
2: Okay, maybe we should have another conversation with you. Sarah, no, nobody takes Sarah turn. away
0: from from me. We are to go together. Okay, now wait. <laughs> Let's just shift for a second. I want to talk about who the women are who who ha- who you have these dinners. Like, what is the t- what's the demographic? Where do you sort of see them, like socioeconomically, politically? Um, because I, especially in seeing the film. I have to say, I could not stand these women. Like, if these were the white women, if all white women were like this, and these were the only kind of white women I knew, I would hate them. <laughs> so, like, where are they coming from? And I wonder how similar they are even actually to, like, white women just in your world, friends of yours and people that you would interact with routinely.
2: Um. First of all, let me make uh something about the dinner. Uh, the director actually did a casting call and then they went through all the women that applied and they for chose the film you the mean. People. for the film. So oh, okay. yes, for the film. Okay. So I think, you know, we had two people in there who three. voted for Trump. Three, I Trump, think there were three Trump voters are not the people okay. who come to our dinners who self identify. So I think that needs to be made okay. clear. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was a little surprised by that because well, when yeah. I saw them raising their hands, I was like, well, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, okay. So there's less, is there less drama than in, in a normal dinner conversation or just about the same?
2: It, it's about the same and it depends. You know, the thing about having honest conversations is it, it goes all over the place. You know, you have people that get their feelings hurt. You have people who will uh, roll their eyes. You know, I I call it the three Ds. What white women like to do when you talk about racism is deny, deflect, defend. You know, those are the
3: three things that happen routinely. I would say that it's um, become less dramatic in mm. the past, like since George Floyd was murdered. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a significant shift, I would say, in terms of white women coming humbly and honestly and really wanting to talk about this in a way that's not filled with crying. Sure, there's like um, the reflexive, you know, not me, not me. But, uh, you know, we've had like one great dinner we had last year in the New York City area where we, you know, asked everyone, um, can you talk about an instance where you have been racist? And the last woman, woman who went was like, when you asked that question at the beginning, I thought, I'm, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. And now that I've listened to the past seven people, I've done all of those things and I have my own list of things. And so one thing, like, look, I'm not here to argue with anybody. In fact, like, I don't do media with people who can't even acknowledge that white supremacy is the foundational principle. So it's it's a little uncomfortable to even have an argument about that, to be honest with you, Sarah. Number one, but um, this is not a put gotcha. Like at every you, you see this in the movie. I talk about Asian anti-blackness. We go into this in the book about that. Look at what just happened in the LA City Council with the Latinx folks. Um, you know, being really overtly racist. This is not white people are bad and black people and brown people are good. This is calling the system of oppression out for what it is and back to why it's important for white people to racialize themselves. If you don't do that, then you don't, you see yourself outside of the system. You You don't see yourself as a player in the system. So what does that look like for me as a South Asian woman born and raised in the United States of America in the year 2023? It means that I'm on the receiving end of white supremacy, and I am on the giving end of anti-Black racism. And frankly, de facto, because colorism and all these other things are involved, self-loathing. I can tell, I mean, I'm spending a lot of time um, talking with South Asians, uh, first-generation South Asians, and when they're being, when we're being very honest, we will say that. I mean, I, again, I just got back from India and every single ad, but for maybe three were hyper exposed ads. So everybody yeah. looks white. We were talking everybody about looks this white. last time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really, yeah, we were. That's, white, that's white supremacy culture. So um, this is not, I mean, this is not like a, it, people who perceive white guilt and white shame is the flip side, in my opinion, of of white pride and white nationalism, that doesn't get us anywhere. But for all of us to acknowledge, it's like men who don't acknowledge that that they are born and raised to be sexist. I'm raising a boy right now and a girl, a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. And we are every day talking about male privilege. I see how they are both being socialized into the gender oppression. It's It doesn't make anyone bad. We've all been put through sausage factories. And when you were put through a sausage factory, you do in fact come out as sausage. That's all this is. And to be honest with you guys, like, Obviously, we're doing something pretty simple, but pretty radical that it's getting so much attention and everyone has so many opinions when all we're saying is just be honest. I look at what my kids are learning in school. Why are we still having fake Thanksgivings in school? Do you? I mean, do we do we ever have any real conversations about what happened to Indigenous people in this country? No, we don't. Certainly not in school, but we have like celebrations of. Thanksgiving. That's all we're saying. And I'm not sure why that's such a like, there's clearly there's got to be the super wedded to the norm and the status quo for people to have such a hard time wrapping their brains around just being honest about where we all feel like we're having these conversations all the time.
0: What you just laid out is intersectional theory framework. I mean, that's, it's part of the, it's part of the parlance among a certain educated classes and it's certainly um, in, in the, in the media and elite circles, whatever you want to call it. This is the waters that we're swimming in right now. So that's why I was curious what kinds of women are coming to these dinners because I, It seems to me that we talk about what's happened to Indigenous people all the time. I mean, every Thanksgiving for the last decade, at least, that's a that's a huge conversation. But it may be that there's just, you know, we are in our bubble of people obsessing about these things in a certain way and other people are
3: clueless, maybe. I think it's looking at schools. What is being taught in schools? And that that is always my sort of go to. Like, what are kids learning? Because that's how we're all socialized. And I can tell you that what my kids are learning, it's literally the same thing that I was learning in nineteen, you know, nineteen eighty. Wow. Um, which is a bunch of lies. I mean, it's just a bunch of lies. Yeah. I mean, we have the, we have a book series coming out this year called Race to the Truth series, um, and it's a slew of kids' books. And to our mind, um, it's coming out with Crown, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House. It's the first commercial book series for kids. About very raw, honest truth about what truth happened about But you I mean, we have the
0: 1619 yeah.
3: project. There, there's so much. Like that's
0: why. I mean, there's a moment in the film Regina where you say that's well, one. That's one book. That's one book,
3: and that, that's one. Okay. Book, and it well, came no, out a I mean, I'm not. Ago. But it's that's like one one it's a
0: it's a movement, it's not an uh, movement. Uh, that's
2: it's been celebrated. But so there's a well. Here here's my thought on it. The movement doesn't work unless white people start telling the truth. You know, when, and when I say telling the truth, I mean, it's got to be white people who are, you know, right now, I think you're going to see who's leading, as we always have, black people have always been on the forefront for liberation because we're at the bottom. We are at the bottom of everything in this country. So we have always, white people, have got to step up and start carrying the burden for liberation for everybody.
3: Would you, would you, I'm just curious, would Sarah and Megan, would you both say that white supremacy, like white people are not at the top and black people are not at the bottom? I'm just curious.
1: I wouldn't frame it in terms of the, the governing ideology of the United
3: States is white supremacy, but
1: I would say that what is, what is, uh, out the of
3: the governing ideology of the United States. I think
1: then. we have a mul- mul- multiple ideologies. We have, you know, values that we we sanctify like like any country, you know, that we that we uh hold dear and some but of that we is we pretend
2: up. we have no,
1: never no. lived up what to our values. What
3: values? Sure, sure. What, values? Sure. What, values? So, what values do we sanctify?
1: sanctify as in we consider them
3: very, very important. Now, whether or know, not we reach those know, values know, is a different question, I know, right? I know what sanctify means. My question yeah. is what values? You said that we have, as a country, we have values that we sanctify. What are those values that we freedom sanctify? Freedom of
1: speech, freedom of association, equality, like none equality of be- among sure. the sexes. I, I can but, write but, things um, the paper, none of those and an ideal doesn't. I mean, it doesn't disqualify an ideal. If I say my ideal is to be an honest person all the time, I'm not going to be honest 100 percent of the time. That then, then I can't say, oh well, it's not true that it's my ideal. It's still my it ideal. It's sure still it's what I'm going for. Desire, go ahead. It makes sure well, you no, it's because you can't be, but you can't be perfect. But you can't. I mean, it, an ideal ideal is something you reach. An ideal is something you try to reach all the time, and of course, it's human. we talking about right? There's no, where's the, who's, where's the society, where's name one human society ever
3: that has perfectly reached and their it's, ideal. It's easy for you to say that because South Indian women are not getting murdered by police every day, like black people. So I, I think that a lot of, it's, it's very easy, Megan, to say that we're talking about this all the time. I mean, talk to a ton of indigenous people. And I don't think indigenous people think that we're talking about this all the time. The whole thing is put critical race theory, put yourself in the position and it's different. Obviously it's different in India because there's very few white people in India. There's casteism, there's Islamophobia out the wazoo. People hate Christians. Like there's there's different systems everywhere, but look at the most marginalized people in the society, uplift them and then all boats rise. I think it's very strange to say that we have values that we sanctify when who are the found, founding fathers? The founding they were fathers all slave owners. <laughs> they were white rapists and slave owners. So why do we even care, frankly, what, they, what values they sanctified? And even if we're using that bizarre, okay, we, whatever they said goes... We haven't upheld any of it. And to say that it doesn't matter. But that's denying progress. That's saying that progress is not real and it doesn't matter
2: because. Sarah, see, you can say that, but every week, not a week, not one week goes by in America where a black person is not murdered by police. Not one week, not one. And I was having this conversation and another black person said to me, not one day i said well you know i can't stand by that but i can certainly say not one week okay so 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 your perspective is very different from mine because my people are on the bottom we have always been on the bottom we have always been lynching murders stolen land everything so no i don't see the progress you see
1: so that's what i'm saying regina i feel like i i hear you i i I'm listening. I understand that, but I, I saw this in the movie as, uh, as well. I watched it earlier a little bit today and some last night. Um, that you said something about, you know, there's MLK came and,
3: you he know, you, the people it. said he changed, <laughs> people
1: say that he changed everything, but nothing has changed. And I think
2: that that's, that's, Absurd to say that okay, nothing let me has tell changed you what, so much has Sarah, changed. Let, here's what you need to know. Now, I was born in 1950, so I watched the whole civil rights movement. Okay, okay. What happened? You know who the beneficiaries were of the civil rights movement? White women. White women have progressed more in this country from the backs of black people than any other group. You know who the leading people are in DEI? of the... Okay, but that's across the board. That's in every case, in every institution. So our deaths, our labor, our lynchings, our murders have profited white women. So do the fucking work. Give back. What does that mean to you? Give back. What is that like in practical terms? Start talking. When you see shit, when you see shit, you need to pretend like these black kids are your kids. Okay. And raise your voice. Let your representatives know that it's not okay. That black kids, there was a 12 year old murdered by a white man a couple of weeks ago, and he's out of jail now. Where's your voice? 12 years old. I didn't
3: even even know about that. And I, I haven't even heard about that.
0: Finish this this thought if you want, but I'm more like, um, I do do think, I actually see this, Sarah and I are a little bit different here because I do think that white people run, that we do, whether you want to call it a white supremacy or anything else, white people are in charge in the West, in the US and have been for a long time. I think it's slowly starting to change, but it's, Sarah, it's interesting to me. So yeah, but see, but so Regina, there was a moment in the film where you said, nothing has changed for 500 years. And that sounds hyperbolic, but are you actually suggesting
2: literally that you mean that? How could you mean that? Well, I think for Black people, okay, we're not being lynched now, but we are certainly being imprisoned. We are certainly being murdered by police. So, you know, however you want to look at it, the violence against black people just because the color of our skin has not changed but it's changed radically no it hasn't i'm talking about violence against black bodies it has not changed the industrial prison okay look who's in prison It, it feels like there's a
1: conflation of a lot of different things and no, I agree with you, Regina, that, that, that
3: black conflation? people, what, what is the conflation? What are the conflation of a lot of different things? So the, the
1: for the, 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 prison complex problem, right? Like there's a lot that's, that's to do with the drug war more than it is a lot of other do things, they, things right? And the...
3: history, do you know the history of police and prisons? Like, do, are you aware of that? You say that I want but... I also want to go back, stop. You've, you've talked a lot, Sarah, um, <laughs> go back to values and the sanctity. Okay. I, I I think the issue here, and I just did a quick Google, so you're an ex-Muslim of North America. Wokeness got into your, act, in, in your <laughs> oh, activism. No. I think that we're like foundationally just different here. And I guess my question is, there've only been two other, and we've done a ton of media, two other podcasts that I've been on where I have felt like it's not even worth having the conversation. One was with an actual white Nazi in the UK. One was with two white Jewish women in new york and one is this and i'll tell you why if we're actually starting from a place um and i know i didn't re- like i didn't realize that you were like a hard right person sounds oh my like god you I, are. Didn't, what? Uh, I didn't realize that
1: <laughs> none <laughs> okay. of us realize okay. that okay. We'll still, disagreeing uh, with you cannot be hard right you yeah. cannot <laughs> I, define it that way
3: i th- no 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 anyone could I, I could care less if you disagree with me on a bunch of things but if you disagree that white supremacy is the foundational part of america there's really nothing to talk about and that's okay Okay. like i think that it's okay to say like if you actually think that like black people are not getting shit on every single second that's not what i think that's uh, not you're conflating it that's what i'm saying you're saying and number three, if you think that things have radically changed and that you two can look at a black woman in the face, Regina Jackson, and question her truth as if you both know black people's truth more than an actual black woman, there's nothing to talk about. Who are we? Who are the three of us to question Regina Jackson's truth as a black woman? We but are it's not objective black women. reality that nothing has changed in five hundred years. Megan,
2: Megan, mm-hmm. would you agree that the largest Gains since the civil rights movement have gone to white women. Will you agree to that? You understand the numbers and the data around that. But
0: I can can acknowledge that that's true, while also saying that it is patently untrue
2: that nothing has changed in 500 years. I mean, these are what has changed. I said the violence against black bodies has not changed. Oh no, what's changed about it is the way it happens. Instead of lynchings now. It's mass incarceration. It's police murders. Okay, that's violence against Black people on a daily basis. Okay, well, on an
0: on an abstract level, I'm following your logic. But see, this is—I mean—we wanted to have you on because it's what you're. There's a lot of what you're saying that makes perfect sense. That that's obvious. But there's also so much around this that I I'm I'm curious how this is actually helping anybody make any progress because for instance, like there's a lot of, and I don't, I don't know if this is sort of like a stylistic or sort of rhetorical choice, but there's moments in the book where you talk about white women are, um, always stabbing each other in the back. So there's this, I mean, we just shift a little bit. Let's move a slightly lighter, lighter area here, but like, there's a moment where you're talking about sitting down next to a table of white women and they're all kind of gossiping and they've gotten together And it's like the minute one of them gets up to go to the ladies room, they start talking shit about her. And and it's sort of like this is how white women are. How can you do this to yourselves, ladies? You're always stabbing each other in the back. This is how you carry on. I mean, first of all, the scene was really over the top. I have never seen anybody do that. If you're going to stab your friend in the back, it's not when she's going to go to the ladies room. It's going to be later with the other friend over the phone. But are you really suggesting that women of color
2: don't act like that? Well, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. When I when I talked about that and I've talked to that with white women and I say, do you guys really do that? I mean, do do you you
0: not? A A, no, not to that extent. And do you not do that? That's To me, that's racist. It's racist
2: to say that you as I don't in my friends, I'm not a gossip. I don't stab people in the back. Like I say, I don't need your back to talk
3: about you. But do you think that all women do Do that? My friends don't talk that way either. I don't know. I don't know. Megan, I can Mm -hmm. tell you, I used to be a white woman. I mean, I was a University of Virginia sorority white woman. So what's funny about you saying that is I would say that's the one thing at every dinner when we say at the end... Who do you all hate more than you hate the two of us right now? And there's very quickly at least one will raise her hand and be like, "Oh my god, each other." That's such a. Cl- that's, that's just. But that's, that's just, that's just a. That's just difference. That's a these human the thing. These are women who are also saying, thing. "Let's choose love," you, and, and everybody you, bleeds you ask, red. These you are ask, just. Ask, this is. Banal, you, these are banalities. You, ask, you just asked me a question. I'm answering, and you're. Arguing with the anecdotal evidence. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that that those particular women didn't say that, but that's not representative. You really think that white women? You really think that white women? I'm not going to say anything because every time I open my mouth, you interrupt. That's how our podcast is. is. Sarah and I interrupt each other. So you should talk to each other. Okay.
2: You know, I don't care about you guys interrupting me, but what I need you to acknowledge is that violence against black people is horrific in this country. hard sure. work. Yes. Th- we have that's, no problem ignoring uh, that. If white people are the ones who have to stop it, you have to use your voice. You have to use your political power. You have to use your money to okay, stop
0: Okay, so it. I know we're running out of time, but so what would that look like? When you say that white people need to use their voice, speak up in a
2: situation where there's an injustice occurring right in front of them, what would that look like? That looks like the same things black people do, okay? We we contact our legislators, okay? We propose legislation, we talk to our Congress people, we spend our money on groups that are the Equal Justice Initiative, you know, on groups who are legitimately fighting this. That's what white people but have to do. But in the moment. It. Okay, but I thought you
0: were talking about in the moment if somebody is being terrible to somebody. I mean
2: use your voice. Use your voice. Say, you know what? This is I have had to stop white nonsense with ten white people standing there. Like they pretending like they didn't see it. Well when you say and I don't have a problem doing that, but you guys need to stop up step up and do that. Okay. So there's also a moment
0: where I don't know again if this is like a joke or hyperbolic. So I think this is in the film. You talk about white women being late like, first of all, that we say kisses all the time and that we're late. And so, like, for example, is that something that are you're, you're serious about? Because it's funny, because we also talk about punctuality being like part of white supremacy. And I don't take, I, I personally do not take that seriously. But like, how do you, I'm just trying to figure out like how you put all these pieces together. How serious are you about that? That white women are always late? I don't think Cyrus talk it. And so, well, then you can answer. I mean, I'm just curious because Sarah and I were, you
2: know, ch- I, 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 I can honestly say I have very few white women friends, you know, uh, very few and certainly on a very close level. Cause remember again, I'm a 72 year old black women woman. When I was growing up, we didn't mingle, you know, we all stayed separate. We stayed in our places. It was not a mix to society.
3: It was black and white. Asians almost didn't even exist. Megan, you know what I would ask you is to come to one of our dinners. It sounds like your feelings are really hurt about being feelings ridiculed. That, no,
2: I don't and take you, it personally people, at all,
3: but my feelings are very hard you to do. hurt. But I'm sadly with the video, I can see that it bothers you <laughs> that we would point out these flaws when literally every piece of media about, you know. People with Indian accents are jokes. We're terrorists or we own 7 11s or we're jokes, right? Like what it, it's it's black, Asian, Latino people in media are jokes. White people are always the, you know, the the protagonists. We're always the wingmen to the white women in movies and in romantic comedies, always. You know what I think bothers people so much, white people so much and 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 their sidekicks or black and brown sidekicks so much? Am oh I my gosh, she's my sidekick? Okay. Experiencing, you're experiencing a little fraction of having a mirror held up to you, and that really hurts. And we, I can see it, Megan, that really hurts you. My goodness, we point out that your, your society relies on backstabbing. And you asked a question before. Yes, a- I can speak to Asians. We do it too. But because we are white aspirational, that's called internalized whiteness. Black and brown people uphold white supremacy every single day. We learn from you. We watch soap operas. We watch Friends. We watch Seinfeld because there's nothing else oh to my watch. Gosh. So are, we, are you really? We there's nothing else to watch
0: after all this time. And also, just by the way, I would actually love to come to a dinner. So I may take you up right. on that. However, I'm talking to you as... An author, you have authored a book. It's published. It's on the bestseller list. You were edited. You were fact-checked. I'm just curious how you arrived at these examples. I'm talking to you as a professional to another professional.
3: I was a white woman for 42 years. I went to the. I was in a book club with Chelsea Clinton. I have been in a lot of rooms with a lot of white people and lots of. I used to work in London and lots of parts of the world. Like this is stuff that I have actually experienced. We have dinners with white women for a living. We do this. This happens. This happens. You saw the movie. But this is you okay, saw this how is women at, but, acted. And just because you hated them, you're trying to distance yourself. You're just oh, I didn't like the way they acted, so I, th- I hated them. Well, really? They you said things that if anything? I heard if I heard women say if I heard somebody
0: say everybody bleeds red. I would be appalled, and I would say you are clueless.
1: I, I, that that's just. I'm glad so to hear it. Wait, that. wait, wait, but wait. But I think what, what what she's reacting to is that, and I think that this is what is hard to swallow about not every single thing that you're saying. Like you guys are saying certain things, like. You know, black people are suffering horribly in this country. We agree. I agree. Megan agrees. Like, that's not, they're not, those are not the points of disagreement. It's the way that this is being framed and the approach moving forward. Like, so let me, so let me talk, let me, let me give you the example.
3: Another call. Sorry.
1: Just, just this right here, just this conversation where, you know, you're taking something about white women uh, that you heard from a few white women, you had that personal experience. Okay. And then you are, you are behaving in the way that, The racists behave by saying that this is what white people do. This is what white women are. And if you disagree, you're just uncomfortable with the truth and a reality. But that is literal racism.
3: I can't be racist against white people. I can be racist against Regina, but I can't be racist against white people because racism relies on power. power. I don't have any power. I get that. That's intersectionality. That's fine. But I still yeah. think it's racist. it's racist.
0: I think that we're all... Don't you think it's that it's... We're all racist. We're all sexist. We're all ageist. We're all ableist. No. I mean, we no. can work against it. You no. don't think that. you Like, you don't...
2: But uh, here's, here, here's yes, what I yes. know. I do agree with As that. As white people, that, Megan. unless you are actively... And when I say actively, and again, my biggest ask is open your fucking mouth when you see shit, Okay. Unless
3: you're actively anti-racist, you are racist. Wait, Megan, I agree with you. I agree with and I I do have to go cuz I've got another podcast, but um yes, all of us are sex in in intern like there's internalized misogyny. I but I I can't be racist against you. I would argue everybody. Is, is anti-Black just because of the power structure. So depending where you lay on the power structure, yes, all of us are ableist. All of us are homophobic. All of us are transphobic because that's the status quo. And it's being aware of that and actively dismantling it every day. So I would be a hypocrite. I, I, I would be a hypocrite if I come on here and say that all white people are racist but, but then that, you know, all cis people are not transphobic. Yes, all cis people are transphobic because that is the status quo. Like that is the status quo. So I agree with that, Megan. I actually have to go. I got to okay, hop Okay, guys, Well, sorry. thank you for sure. coming on.
0: I really appreciate it. Okay. Oh, Regina, <laughs> yes, do you no, want no, to?
2: Where are you actually located? I'm in California
0: and Sarah's uh, in, outside of Washington, D.C.
2: Okay. Well, I will have, uh, send me an email and I'll have Lisa get in touch with you. We are actually doing uh, a couple of things out in California in March. We're doing a, um, a screening of deconstructing Karen and a talk back. Okay. Okay. And we've got a dinner plan. So, okay. I'd love to hear about okay, it. All right. Sarah's not invited <laughs> though,
1: right? It's only, it's only white
0: women. Well, she's women.
2: in D.C. But she can't come because uh, she's not
0: right.
1: white. Can, there, can there be one that for, for, for people like me, the sidekicks <laughs> no, of actually, white women?
2: When, when Lisa had her dinner, she had a uh, East Asian woman there. And what happened is all the white, every time we would say something, all the white women would pivot to her, you know, expecting her to. So we don't want to, put anybody in that position we decided okay, we okay. wouldn't do that anymore but Syra okay. is working like she said on her own community so everybody needs right. some opportunities there
1: <laughs> all right okay all right, okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out but thank
0: yeah, you Regina. so much we Regina. really appreciate we it sure. i apologize We're you guys are a sport. Sure. Yeah, i apologize again for the technical <laughs> stuff that was uh no oh, yeah.
2: issues you know it's real hard to hurt my feelings because i actually don't give an f
0: so we can see we yeah, either do
2: we. yeah okay <laughs> good okay, <laughs> okay. Talk to you
0: soon. have a good week okay bye. bye all right Sarah how are you feeling about this post interview
1: well it's been a week since we recorded it yeah I don't know I mean, I wish I had gotten more directly involved in there were some things that I disagreed with with Sarah and um that she was bringing up that I wish I had Said something about, but overall, I thought it was, I thought it was good given the amount, the, given the time constraints. I think we did a good job. And they did a good job, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Their book, I don't know, I found it very easy to deconstruct, to break down the arguments in the book. But speaking to them, I feel like it, it, they were much more personable and eloquent. So it's, that's interesting because normally in book form, people come across a lot more eloquent than they are in real <laughs> right. life. Certainly I do. I know I do. Uh, but but they they did a good job. What did you think? Yeah, I thought they were they were very
0: personable and um and charismatic actually. And you know, the the movie itself, the deconstructing Karen movie, I thought it was really interesting that um, Regina explained that that was actually cast. So the women that were in the movie, they were, that was not like a, a dinner party that had arisen organically. Those were women who were put in the film mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons. And it definitely had like a, like a real housewives kind of quality, just the aesthetic of it and the reaction shots. And so I think that the movie actually may not give the dinners themselves a fair shake, yeah. ironically enough, because yeah. it's very easy to get really frustrated with with the women in the film. And it may be that in real life, the the women who go are um, a little more uh, substantive and interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just so out of it, it. It's hard to even know where to begin because I disagree with so much of their worldview and their values that you don't even I mean, can we should we just go, you know, bit by bit through the interview and break it down or what, like, what, how do we, how do we even move forward and and comment on this? I think the people who've been listening to us will already know what we're kind of going to say about it. Um, But let's discuss it in the, the post for the, for the paying subscribers. Okay. Yes. That
0: should be an enticement, but um, yeah, just, just so you know, if there's any, I'm sure you guys were screaming at your, at your phones or your listening devices as you were listening or or watching and there's there's nothing you were thinking that we weren't thinking
1: yeah yeah there was a lot that we could have stopped and said, okay let's question that like let's what you know they were making statements of fact about things um that I wanted to dispute but then I thought in the moment that if we go down this rabbit hole we'll never we'll never come out
0: yeah yeah I yeah. think we can agree that it's not true that nothing has changed in four hundred years.
1: We 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 did talk about that just a little bit, but there was yeah. you know, there was the there there was a lot about, you know, violence on in on black bodies and that kind of thing. And again, not to deny that it's happening, but yeah, we'll yeah. go into okay. it. All right.
0: All right, everyone. Well, until next time. See you in hell. See you in hell. Hi, it's Megan from a special place in hell. If you enjoy the show and want to support it, there are a couple of ways you can do that. The first is to join our Substack at aspecialplace.substack.com. There you can get access to bonus content every week, you can participate in listener comment threads, and you can even join us for Zoom Hangouts, where we get together and talk about the show and answer all of your questions. You can also rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, including on our new YouTube channel, which is called A Special Place in Hell. Sarah and I are really excited about the future of the podcast, and we're so grateful to have you along with us. So thanks for listening, and we will see you in hell.